Yes, let's give them a big hand. Yeah. Thank you, volunteers. Thank you, parents, for bringing your kids. How many of you have been uh, praying uh, uh, regularly for the church? Yes, you've been. Yes, awesome. Thank you for the emails that you sent. It's very encouraging to read the emails. Um, and thank you that you're faithfully praying. Okay. Um, if you're new, we have been fasting and praying for the month of January. And those who cannot fast, they are just praying. So you can, do, you can do one or the other. If you can't fast and pray the whole month, just pray for the church. Uh, and if you can fast, you can still even start tomorrow, even for a day or two. Uh, and why do we fast and pray? It's because we need God to help us. Uh, we can't do it on our own. And when we fast and pray, uh, it gives us a clarity and focus to see what God has prepared for us rather than what we prepare for ourselves every day of our lives. Uh, and we're going for what God has prepared for us. We're going for God's provision. So, uh, thank you. We're halfway through. Yes. Isn't it amazing? Yes. Yes. And I want to say that uh, Dana did uh, uh, the, the prayer kickoff. Wasn't that a great, great evening? Yeah, give a big hand to Dana. She did very good, right? That was a meaningful time of worship. Okay, now, how many of you are ready to be blessed this morning? Yes, yes. How many of you are ready to receive the Word of God this morning? Yes, yes. I am too, I am too. So, let's hear what the Lord has to say. We are doing this open door, walking through God-given opportunities and possibilities. How do you know that God has opened door for you? How do you know that there is a possibility uh, that God has set an open door for you? Right? We know it from the Word of God. So, here, God has set an open door of possibilities and opportunities for you. What is the one spiritual discipline? That's... And you can call it habit, if that's more relatable to you. What is the one spiritual habit or discipline you are willing to develop to grow? Right? I'm going to ask you this morning. God is telling you, okay, I have set an open door for you. An open door for you to grow. These great opportunities, these great possibilities in your life. I've set an open door for you. What are you willing to develop? What one spiritual habit you are willing to de develop to make that happen? Right? So I want you to think about that. If there is one habit that you could develop so you will grow, what will that be this morning? Right? And we will look at the Church of Philadelphia. Because you have kept my command to perceive you. See? Because you have kept my command to perceive you. You have kept my command. Because of that, I have set an open door of opportunities and possibilities for you. Okay. How do we know this open door thing? 
So I can't share you like what has happened the past three weeks. They'll be too long. So let me just share for this week. We have to identify how God opened doors for us. And when the door opened, you got to move. When God moved, you got to move with Him. Okay. So I got an email this week. No, no, actually on Sunday, last Sunday, during the worship, I was having a brief connection with one of uh, the worshiper here. And we can't have a long conversation. As you know, on a Sunday morning, a lot of things are happening. There are a lot of people. But during the week, as a follow-up to the conversation, uh, I received an email from, uh, uh, from the person. And uh, uh, he was saying how he is going through a very difficult time in his life. Right? Um, uh, the word that he described was he is going through an experience that is worse than death. Okay? So, um, so I'm reading the email and I'm saying, okay, because I've been praying for this person for quite some time and I want God to intervene so uh, in that email there was a phrase uh, and he said I-, I am not a Christian by the way I am not a Christian um, but I had a dream about God you see right in that email well that is a huge huge opening for me see that is an open door for me. Uh, what did your pastor do? He walked through the door. I am not going to miss that opportunity. So I sent an email. Can I meet you? Right? And then he called me. So we set up the time and he was able to come to my office. And we talked for a long time. In that conversation... It become about life and purpose of life. Then I started sharing about Jesus and the scripture and the Bible. Long story short, he decided to become a disciple of Christ. See? Yes. Now, because I am, I am called to involve in people's life. I want to see people positioned toward the kingdom of God and toward God and find Christ. I want to bring better quality of life in a person's life because that's what I'm called for. If there is an opening for me, I'm going to take every opportunity that I use that open door to go through it. Right? If somebody give me a slight opening, I'm going to take like a three, four feet of that opportunity and go in to make that happen. So what is it that God is uh, uh, moving for you? What door God is opening for you in your profession? And are you just looking and watching or are you walking through it? Uh, You have heard uh, the testimony because that was on Tuesday. And on Thursday, Miles came into the office because we want to talk about his baptism. We want to talk about what God is doing in his life. And he also shared about his life, how God has brought him thus far. It's not an easy road, by the way, my friends. Like many of you, young people, are looking toward your future and planning for your future. You know that it's not easy. There's a lot of hardships. There's a lot of struggles and hurdles. Your future is not set. You're still wondering and praying and thinking what could be, what might be. And that's the case with my brothers Miles too. He is also looking for the next thing. The next thing that God has planned for him. 
And that's an opening that we share. And I said to him at the end of the thing, Miles, you know that when I say that I believe, I believe that God has planned for you. That I believe, and I say it with all my heart, that I believe that God has good plan for you. And he looked at me and said, yes, I know. You're, you're not saying this, this just to make me feel better. So we can all make impact in people's life. But this open door that God has set for us, right? The efficacy of an open door hinges on our obedience to Him and to keep His commands. You have kept my command. Look at this. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. See? You have need for endurance. You got to wait. You got to be patient. And after you have done the will of God, then I will give you the promise. It doesn't come with like this. God, please give me this job and I will follow you all the days of my life. Right? God, Heal me and I will serve you, right? God, please give me this promotion and I'll start attending church regularly, right? We start with give me this, give me this first. And when God gives you, you forget and I don't get to see you on Sundays anymore, right? Well, it doesn't happen that way. God performs for us when we endure and follow and keep his commandment. See? If you are faithfully following him in difficult times, in hardships, in uncertain times, you know what God does for you? He's got your back. He shows up for you. He accomplishes things for you. Why? Because the outcome and the result belongs to the Lord. He alone decides what you will get. He alone decides what blessing you will get. You see, you get the point? So it's not like, oh, give me this first and I will serve you. No. You serve Him and He will give it to you. You endure. Be patient a little bit. And good things will happen to you. So, um, and, but when we keep our eyes of God, that's when we get hurt. See? For example, let's look at this. Right? Uh, did you see the picture there? Right? So the so pastor was fixing things in the house and I started with that short stool there, right? I stepped on there and, and I was trying to screw stuff in and since he's so fit and tall, he couldn't reach the spot, right? So I went and now, small stool you step and then you're able to get down I got the, the taller one because I needed that and I'm fixing I'm thinking, probably I'm also thinking about the sermon and the fasting, okay? And fasting and thinking, well, when I have done, what, what did I do? I came down from the top of the stair, thinking that I'm on the lower stool. Right? Well, it was a big noise. Bang, boom, bam, kang, 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 kang. My wife came running, what's up? Right? Well, it, the thing, I didn't get hurt. I landed with my 
this knee, both knees, you know, since your pastor is a kung fu master, <laughs> I was able to withstand the fall, right? But the thing is, when you are absent-minded and you're not focused, that's when you get hurt. And the word of God say, "See, I have set an open door for you. Look, precedes the open door. See, I have said, no. what does the see mean? It means look at me. Focus your eyes on me. Pay attention. If you look at me, you will know which door you will need to go through. But we don't look. We think. We worry. We're anxious. And Christ is way off. And I was reading about these things. Like, why do we, do, why do we get anxious? We get anxious because we think so much about the past. When you think about the past, then it makes you more angry. You know, I shouldn't have done that. I, I should have done this. Why did he say that to me? Why did she say that to me? And you just, it just snowballs, right? And you get more anxious and more depressed. Why we're anxious? Because we're thinking about the future. What's going to happen? When will I get the job? Will I get an A? You know, will I, will I finish this quarter well? What about my health? And we're thinking about tomorrow, so we, we become more anxious. And then we forget the present. But when we live in the present with Christ, then we have peace. Living in the moment brings us peace, isn't it? But it's hard to do. Because when we don't do it with Christ, we can't see Him. All we can see is our problem. All we can see is our pain. All we can see is our sorrow. And what do you do? You absent-mindedly step down from the top of the ladder. And then you crash. So how do we prevent this? This is what the Philadelphia did. What is their spiritual habit? They stay rooted in the Word of God. And Christ said, You have not. You have kept my word. See? And not denied my name. So that was one of the habits that the church has developed. They were rooted in the word of God. I mean, uh, there was a lot of wind this week, right? The rain. Uh, that's the orange tree I planted. You know, and because of the wind, see? I mean, it's a small tree, but it's gone. Why? Because the root is not strong. So every time there is a storm, there is a wind in our lives... When we are not rooted in the Word of God. When we don't have that spiritual discipline, spiritual habit of reading the Word of God. Then we will go where the wind blows us. If it blows this side, you go this way. You bend according to the force and nature of what the world is co coming at you. So, coming back to the question. The Philadelphia church developed the spiritual discipline of reading the word of God and Christ was so pleased and impressed that he wrote a letter to this church. He had no complaint about them and said, I am so pleased with you guys. You have kept my command and the word of God. What is that one spiritual discipline and habit that you are willing to develop to grow into the man and woman that God had designed from the beginning of time. What is it? For Daniel it was prayer. 
Because we are doing Daniel's fast. For Daniel it was prayer. In Daniel chapter 2. When the king has all the wise men and the magicians to say. Tell me what dream I dreamt. And then give me the meaning of the dream. Come on. You're local. Right? This is, you're crazy. I mean how will people know that you had dreamt. And then give me the meaning of that dream again. Well Daniel. What did he do? He asked his three friends to pray with him. And then I'm also going to pray. And they prayed. And what happened when they prayed? God showed him the dream. And then God gave the meaning of the dream. Daniel prays regularly. Every day. He looked toward Jerusalem. And he prays. When the king asked him to give the, another meaning of the dream... In Daniel chapter 4, chapter 3 and 4, he prayed again and God gave him the meaning. In chapter 6, when he was praying, what happened? The angel of the Lord came and spoke to him, right? And you go on reading in Daniel chapter 9 and onward how when he prayed, God has delivered him. This is one spiritual discipline and habit that he developed. And why wouldn't he use it? He knows it works. Why wouldn't he use that? He used it to the maximum. In fact, because of his faithfulness of using this spiritual gift, this spiritual discipline, he was at the top in that country. Right? And you think that prayer is like meaningless and powerless. I don't think so. If you ask Daniel, the second in command in the kingdom of Babylon, he will tell you otherwise. You know, one thing I have noticed about this is that when we don't pray much, and when we don't spend time with God and pray much, we, we say things about prayer. We say negative things about prayer. Oh, why would we pray? I don't want to pray. Right? And mostly because we don't spend time in prayer. I know that if you spend time in prayer, the beauty of prayer, the glory of prayer, the power of prayer is so much that you will have nothing negative to say about prayer. I haven't had, I haven't heard from anyone who has spent so much time in prayer and look into the face of God and heard the direction and wisdom of God and has so much connectivity with God. And God would do great things through them because God is faithful, not because that man who prays is great. They have never complained about praying. They have never complained about praying. The same with the Word of God, right? It is... You will often find that people who don't read the Bible, who don't have time to spend with God and reading the Bible, they are the one who talks negatively about the Bible. They are the one who talks negatively about the Word of God. But people who have read the Word of God, who have spent time reading the Word of God, they have, neg they have nothing negative to say about the Word of God. You know why? Because the Word of God is so inspiring. 
The word of God illuminates and enlightens people. The word of God brings joy and healing. And those who spend time in the word of God, they can't find anything to say negative about the word of God. Do you, do you know that? Yes. And so, let me tell you this. The devil, Satan, is working 24-7 over time to devise temptation and bring temptation to your life. He's thinking he's, he's calling a committee of temptation, right? He's calling a committee, okay, a device temptation, busyness temptation, marriage temptation, food temptation. He's calling all this committee to devise a temptation to overpower the church. And you know what? There is nothing in the Word of God that cannot preempt that temptation. See, the Word of God preempts everything that the devil will devise to tempt us. There is no temptation that can overtake you and I that we cannot overcome. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. The Word of God is sufficient for any cunning, clever devices of Satan to tempt you and to destroy your life. So, if you read the Word of God, you will find it so powerful. It is where you discover God. It is where you discover how the power of God works. It is where you discover the purpose and meaning of your life. So if you develop, if you were to develop a habit, a spiritual discipline of reading the Word of God, what would your life look like? If you were to develop a time of prayer, a set time of prayer, just as the uh, the, the early church did. They went in the morning, right? Six to six. Morning, noontime, afternoon, in the evening. What would that look like? What is that one spiritual discipline that you can develop? Because this, I will make I will make, right? The word here, it's written in the Revelation chapter 3. It's written, I will, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan come and worship at your feet. That's what Christ was saying, right? The word here actually is not, it's not make. It's give. Dido my, dido, right? In Greek, it means I will give. Okay? I will make it happen. I will cause to happen. What's going to happen is if you are obedient and willing to keep the commandment of God, you become the favored son and daughters of God. God demonstrates His love that you are a favored son and daughters when you obey His command. In this case, God is telling the church in Philadelphia, I will make those people that look at you to say you are small and weak, you don't have much money. You don't have much strength. I will make them come and worship your God in your place. Right? Normally people that are powerful and strong and mighty, they think that, okay, you should come and pay homage, homage to us. Even at that time, the Jewish people thought that the Gentiles should pay, come and pay homage, homage to whom? To the Jew. God is turning it around. And He's bringing the others, including the Jew, to come and worship God in the church of Philadelphia. I will give. 
you favor. Why? Because you have kept my command. See? Right? Are we good with that? Yes. And I will keep. See, all this. So when I was reading this, that the word that jumped out to me through fire and flame in my heart that captivated me was, I will, I will. See? The I will was coming out to me. I will, I will. It caught my attention. It caught my spirit. It burns within my spirit. And he said, I will, I will. God will. I will give. I will keep. And this is what the church is. God is telling us. I will keep you from the hour of trial. Hold fast to what you have. That no one may receive Take away your crown. When you overcome the world, God will welcome you with a crown. We got to overcome the world. He keeps us. He keeps us. He protects us. He secures us. In fact, He gives us the permanent position in the kingdom of God. I will keep and then I will make. Now this one is the make. Poyo. I will make. He will perform. What will he make you? I will make you pillars. In the temple of God. Right? You're going to have permanent position. In the kingdom of God. And you will not go out again. Why? When we obey. God's command, He demonstrates us by guarding and protecting the reward that He has prepared for us. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more, and I will write. I will write. He will sign on His name. He will be the one who records to those who overcome, when you get to heaven, He will be the one that sign on to give you the new name of my God. That's the word. I will give you the new name of my God and the new name of the city that you will dwell in. And I will give you my new name, which is the name of Christ. There are three new names here. When you go to the kingdom of God, because you have overcome and you have obeyed God, there are three things that Christ will give you. The first one is, He will give you a new name of His God. We don't know what that name is. And then He will give you the new name of the city. And He will give you the new name of Jesus Christ. He will write that on you. The permanent identification and citizenship in the city of God will be determined by Christ. Right? The identification and citizenship in heaven is going to be written, record, recorded by Christ. And sometimes we live here like this is the end of life. Here on earth. And this is it. We squabble. We fight. We look for boundaries. We look for extension. That this world seems like this is it. This is the end. No. This is not the end. We are pilgrims. We are sojourners. We are temporarily here. Our permanent residence is in heaven. In heaven. In heaven. Live like the people of the kingdom of God. 
It will minimize our gossip, our jealousy, our envy, our hatred for one another. For in the kingdom of God, there will be all tongues and tribes and language and nations. And they will be praising God, our Heavenly Father. Don't we live for that? We live for that. We live for the day to know the new name of God. We live for the day to know the new name of the city of God. We live for the day to know the new name of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a glorious day it will be. What a glorious day it will be. And he said, behold, I come quickly. I come quickly. I will give these things to you. What a glorious day it will be. My dear brothers and sisters, life on earth is very short. Live fully according to what our God has planned for you. And we can do that if we keep the commands, if we obey His teachings. And if you can develop one spiritual discipline, one at a time, you can see God will take you to the next level of your faith. I was talking to one of our members, and we're going to pray. And she said, I'm ready to go. I said, what? I'm ready to go. I want to know the new name. That's what she said, actually, in the office. I want to know the new names. And I said, how did you get there? And she said, I don't know. I am just there now. Because I've been thinking about this the past two weeks. More like three weeks since we started fasting. And I was telling her that I'm struggling with that thought because I have two young, three young kids. I have a wife. I don't know whether I'm... I know I want to get there. That's my goal. But I don't know whether I can go now. And she said, yeah, I know you have kids. But if you do go, God will take care of them. Right? But still, I feel like, no, I'm not ready. I want to be there for them. But some are ready. Some are ready even now to be there. They are looking at God and the glorious thing He has prepared for them. And they say, way, way much better. And I'm ready anytime. Not that they're going to forget what they have to do. They're also faithfully serving every day. But they are ready. See? Are we ready? Are we ready? Yes. That's the way the church of Christ should be. Doesn't this minimize our pain and suffering? Right? When heaven becomes so big. And God becomes so great. And the glory becomes so bright. Our darkness, our suffering here on earth seems to minimize and become lesser. For the glory that we will receive will be nothing in comparison to the suffering that we are going through right now. You know what that man did? The one who gave his life to Christ? He was prayed on the chair and he stood up and this is what he did. It's like I'm like, and I'm going, yes, yes, 
this is what I did. Yes, and I hugged him. and he, ah, 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 Something happened. Couldn't explain. He said, I still have pain. But I can feel, I can breathe. I still have pain, but I can breathe. There is peace in the midst of pain when we have Christ. That is the door. I am the door. We're going to worship today. And God laid in my heart today to pray for our members. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And this is what we're going to pray. We're going to sing this song that God loves us. You know that He loves you. And those who are going through... When I say this, don't take it like, Oh, I don't want to show myself that I'm weak. Oh, your pastor is the weakest, so you don't have to worry, okay? Uh, I am the lowest there already. So you, uh, you are better than me already, okay? Um, well, I want to pray for those who are struggling. I want to pray for those who are looking for new season in their lives. I want to pray for those who are looking for jobs, specifically those who are looking for jobs. And we're going to pray for you at the end of the song because God is good. He said He will perform. He said He will provide. And we're going to believe and trust this. Otherwise, this is for namesake. We're doing just for namesake. We're not doing it for real. But if we believe God is real... And He changes lives and He transforms lives. And He provides for us. We got to walk through that door. If there is a small opening, take it. Take it today. Dive through it if you have to. Walk through it. Whatever way you got, just go through that opening. Right? Amazing love that welcomes me and you. Okay? The kindness and the mercy of God is calling you. Is calling you. At the end of the song, I'm going to come down here. I'm going to ask Pastor Dan and others to come be with here so we can minister and pray for them. And we are not just doing for, for show, just for prayer, that, oh, I went to prayer. I want real stuff to happen. I want jobs for those who are jobless. I want home for those who are homeless. I want food for those who are hungry. And I want to pray to God for that today. Are you with me? Yeah? If you're with me, let's be on, our, on your feet, right? Let's be on our feet. Yes, and sing this song, and I'll come back here and invite you to come and join me for prayer.